This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome to the War Room. It's our battleground episode for the day. I know you might be a little confused. It's not Stephen K. Bannon. It's Natalie G. Winters hosting, and we have Raheem Kassam riding shotgun well, with me. What do I get? Middle name. <laughs> Raheem J. Right? <laughs> I think. That's right. By the way, fun fact: everyone that is is cool in my book, their middle initial is a J. Darren J. Beatty. Raheem J. Kassam and Donald J. Trump. There you go. There you go. I know you guys might be confused thinking this is a an episode of the National Pulse TV show. Remember That's that? Because right. it's me and you. But That's right. it's not. It's War Room yeah. Battleground. We also have Jason Jones here with us who does wonderful, wonderful work. I have some questions to ask you. Yes. And then Raheem and I will have a little back and forth. Okay. Not repartee. That's what Steve always says. Yeah. I say you're you're aiming a little high, but maybe we'll <laughs> <laughs> smart ish. Wait, I got the first Jay. question here. Do you have a middle name? I do, and it's it's Jay. There you really? go. No, not really. <laughs> but it's Scott, Jason Scott Jones, but Jay I didn't Scott. want to let you down. But you have a J in the first. I do have name. two Js. By the way, I feel like I just need to preface the show. This is going to be casual. This is our fourth hour of broadcasting. Like, it's, speak for it's, yourself. It's been a lot. It's your fourth hour of broadcast. My fourth hour. Well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Jason. Yes. Steve told me that we had to have you on because you put out a pretty epic press release. I don't know if it's epic because it's a wonderful troll or what you guys are actually doing is so great. But you're kind of saying no to everything that the World Economic Forum, the UN, yes. COP28 wants to do with climate change, fossil fuels, basically make life unlivable. I hear you guys are giving out more coal than Santa, giving out fossil fuels. To 100%. We give out amazing. fossil fuels. No, it's true. It is a troll. We're trolling Santa Claus and Klaus Schwab at the same time, but for several years, we distribute coal, uh, hundreds and hundreds of tons, thousands of tons of coal. Uh, we started in Afghanistan with the widows and orphans of our Afghan allies who were killed in act action after the fall of the Taliban. They were, they were freezing to death, they were starving, so we, we, were, we had a system that we used to evacuate Afghan allies and American citizens that were left in Afghanistan after the fall. As the brutal winter came and we still had so many allies that were abandoned in Afghanistan, we thought we need to keep them alive until we can, the State Department does its job. Now it's three years later, we've expanded to Mongolia, um, Pakistan, where we have safe houses for Christians and other ethnic and religious communities facing genocide. The mission of the Vulnerable People Project is to advance the interests of ethnic and religious minorities trapped in totalitarian regimes facing genocide or democide. Now, Raheem, feel free to jump in if you have any questions. Thank you. You're well, this is so, this is such a like role reversal. I'm so used to. Oh, wait, my turn. <laughs> But I know you guys also do a lot of work in China. I think last time you we were do. on the show, we were talking about the uh, similarities and differences between what's going on in Ukraine and China, sort of the distinction between yes. the people and the ruling regime. But yes. I know Jimmy Lai's trial just started, and you guys have been covering that closely. So can you, I know we have a large Lao Beijing audience. Yeah, well, not for you. I mean, you guys and a few other outlets, the idea that a billionaire philanthropist and... Um, owner of major news organization is sitting in prison for nothing and will probably die in prison seems like a pretty big story 
but the mainstream media has completely abandoned Jimmy Lai. And it's not just Jimmy Lai, his trial starts today. There have been seven Catholic bishops that have been disappeared by the CCP. Uh, of course, tens of thousands of Catholic lay people and other democracy activists in Hong Kong just disappeared. And a necessary condition to defeating the Great Reset, the administrative state, is to free the people of China from the CCP. But American corporations are so intertwined into the economy of China that if we just exerted influence, the three million Uyghur that are sitting in concentration camps, working to death till they need their organs to be harvested, can be released. The Christians that have the boot of the CCP on their neck, the Falun Gong and others, would be freed. But our voice hasn't been heard, but thanks to the war room and, if, and the outlets that are here, I believe, when I graduated college, I wrote uh, my three goals, and one of them was to see the people of China freed from the CCP. And when you come here today and see um, the overwhelming enthusiasm for the defeat of the CCP, which you and your team have driven, it's, it gives me hope. Okay, before we let you go, why yes. did you come to AmFest, and are you having a good time? I am having a good time. Well, I'm, I came to AmFest because I have seven children. Oh, wow. And they wanted to man. come to AmFest. Are they all here? They are. Four of my seven children are here. Those are, those are good numbers. Yeah, they're <laughs> hanging out backstage right now to meet Tulsi Gabbard. I'm Fun. from Hawaii. She's an old friend. Um, so I, I really came for my children initially, but I have a new book coming out, April 16th, The Great Campaign Against the Great Reset. Ooh. And a philanthropist who read the book has purchased 55,000 copies to give out through Turning Point USA to its students. So at the last minute, Charlie said, you want to come and speak? We'd like you to come and speak. And uh, my kids were like, we're going, Dad, so we're here. That's so awesome. Jason, if people want to help you guys out, find out more about what you do, where can they go to do all that for the project? Yeah. Our website's thegreatcampaign.org. If you go there, you can sign our, our, our statement of support for Jimmy Lai. Uh, thegreatcampaign.org, and you can see all the work. And it's not, I'm not making this up. It is a fact. We have delivered more coal for Christmas <laughs> in three years than St. Nicholas has in 17 centuries. It's an absolute fact. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Cheers. All right. Now it's it's really like the National Pulse TV show. I'm, I'm so excited for this. It's been a while, not just since I've, I've seen you, but since we've been broadcasting together. Now, there are so many things that I want to ask you, but one story that I've really been focusing on lately um, is how the White House's new messaging on Ukraine, they sort of previewed it, it leaked out in Politico in October, saying that we need to continue to fund the Ukraine war because it's good for the American industrial base and it's good for American jobs. Now we see this massive media blitz in all the mainstream news outlets basically parroting those talking points no shock there the Atlantic their lead story today was you know bashing Republicans saying oh they don't support Ukraine aid because of Trump where do you think the messaging is gonna go on the Ukraine front from the other side from the Democrats do you think we're gonna see a, re a reversal from them like they've sort of done a little bit on the issue of immigration or do you think they are so committed to getting aid to any country other than our own that they're not gonna do a kind of 180 on that well I think where John Fetterman goes right now, a lot of the left is going to go. If you look at his messaging, especially on the U.S. Steel uh, proposed sale that came out today, if you look at his messaging on the border, even if you look at his messaging on, on Senator Menendez and what should happen to him after his foreign agent stuff, you know, John Fetterman, before he actually ran, he said, I'm not a progressive, I'm an old school Democrat. And he's actually been an old school Democrat in the Senate. Now, you know, we can, we can talk about how that's come to pass and, and, and whether or not he's mentally capable of all of that. But whoever's running his stuff right now 
is kind of running it as a as a left-wing America first senator. Uh, his approach to foreign policy, I think, is going to take a lot of people in his party with him because they're actually beginning to see that especially in a swing district, especially in a swing state, uh, you cannot afford to turn around to the American public now and say, we need 60 billion more dollars, we need 100 billion more dollars. So that's point one. Point two is it really does depend on how much uh, Vladimir Putin wants to solidify what, what can only be deemed a, a partial victory for him right now. It's certainly not a partial victory for NATO. It's certainly not a partial victory for Ukraine. It's all kinds of losses for them. So Putin uh, will want to take a victory lap, and it depends on what that victory lap looks like. If that victory lap looks like going further into Ukraine and going back into Kiev again, then you're going to see the same old talking points all over again from, from the Atlantic, from the media class, and from uh, you know the, 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 both the Republicans and the Democrats in majority on Capitol Hill. So that is something that we don't really have any, any say over or control over. And the third thing is, uh, when it comes to that, you know, they cannot abandon globalism as a concept. They're, they will die. It's not a hill. It's a ditch. And they will die in that ditch. So I don't expect that they will necessarily turn around and say, oh, you know what? That whole thing was a terrible idea. What they'll say is, you didn't give us enough money. You didn't give us enough tanks. You didn't give us enough, you know, uh, surface-to-air missiles. Like, we... we it's the old thing about, you know, real communism hasn't been tried yet, right? They'll turn around, they'll say, real globalism hasn't been tried yet. I hope that answers the question in some way. I think so, and you always know that it's Natalie Winters hosting The War Room, because I don't interrupt. I let my guests... <laughs> whoa, 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 what do you mean by that? What I do you know, mean by I've, that? I've never done that on air, but I, I don't think I ever will. Well, I, because you guys always give such great analysis, and I know y you can really see things through, not just your... British-ish European lens, but you see stuff from sort of the, the meta perspective, and in other words, where things are going, right? I think we've always thought in terms of narrative, and I think that's something that a lot of conservative media doesn't do. So, you, you know, you bring up John Fetterman in the context of swing states and the election, what Democrats are doing to remain politically popular, and I think we have someone crashing us. You can, I'm you afraid, can I'm afraid, speak, speaking of speaking of Europeans, <laughs> Particularly unwelcome ones. We have some, we have some gate crashes here. In the house, the brothers <laughs> Posobic, but I don't know if, uh, if if everybody at home can see. Okay, maybe we don't have good lighting, but Jack Posobic is behind us, and Kevin Jack Posobic is causing a nuisance of himself and again suit. behind us. You know, here's the, here's the problem. Here's the problem. When there's a camera with an on light, Jack will be there. That's what you can guarantee. And when there's an open bar, Raheem will be there. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's true, usually. Raheem has Wait, not had a drop to anymore? drink in two and a half weeks. So that's, that's a long that time long. for me. That's a I long haven't time had one in like two or three years. I'm, I'm following in Jack's footsteps over here, except, except <laughs> how many years has it been, Jack? He's done 18 years dry. Wow. I think I'll get to about 18 days. 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, usually 18, 18 hours a stretch. I've already started it. I already started it. I already started my dry January, saying, ladies and I gentlemen. I already started it. Jack doesn't drink. That's Steve right. Bannon doesn't Everybody drink. Everybody here. Doesn't here's drink. the thing. Everybody in the war room is sober, and but people send so many gifts into the war room. They send bottles of scotch, and they send. <laughs> a bit. And so I say, I'll take one for the team. You know, you don't want this just sitting there. 
what a, what a kind, generous guy you so are. So ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you have any fine scotch. <laughs> Raheem's address is. No, <laughs> this is going to be a fun show. It's the Battleground edition. But no, it brings you back to my point. You always see the news in terms of, of narrative and where they're going with this. So you bring up the election. You bring up Democrats yeah. doing stuff as if the election is actually adjudicated on a fair basis and ballots, right? right? Well, so by I, the way, did you see today? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, 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 hey. hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's my Steve impression, right? Hang on, hang on. Um, today, in Washington, D.C., they finally found, a court finally found, one of these Democrat ward district managers or whatever, elected official, guilty of voting twice, once in D.C., once in Maryland. This is despite the Board of Elections in Washington, D.C., saying for the last two years that there's been zero, not one, piece of evidence of voter fraud taking place. And you know what her sentence was today? A $500 fine. She read it on the National Pulse. She read it on the National Pulse. A $500 fine. This is a felony in most states, but Washington, D.C. gave her a slap on the wrist, $500 fine. By the way, she's... She's a recipient of taxpayer salary, so DC residents, mind you, it's their fault anyway for electing her. DC residents are paying that fine. She's not paying that fine, but leads you to your question. Sort of, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> no, no. My my question for you is: We know they have so many tricks up their sleeve, right? Yep. Whether it's global war going on in Ukraine, what we see unfolding in the Middle East, who knows what's going to happen in Taiwan, the invasion of the southern border. Shall I go on? I don't think we have enough time. But what do you think? is the next thing that they're going to roll out, particularly ahead of the 2024 election to influence the outcome? Is it going to be some sort of public health emergency? Is it going to be climate lockdowns? Is it going to be deploying Taylor Swift? Where do you think they're going with it? Dua Lipa. <laughs> um, what's that other one that you like? My new favorite artist is actually Tate McRae. So this is the issue. I'm so informal with you I that I forget we're on like live TV. I don't but, even yeah. know what that is. She's great. It and fun terrible. fact, fun fact, she's my favorite artist. She was in the airport at my gate when I was flying to Amfest and I freaked out. You didn't out. bring her? She, I don't think she was coming to Amfest. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, we have a bigger superstar. It's you. But Only because of you. The... Um, <laughs> answer your question is like obviously the taylor swift stuff is 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 they're grooming young people to vote left and she's going to be all the way out there talking about you know she'll talk about abortion and all of this stuff she'll you know probably confess to having had 18 different you know from different but i think the 18, climate that seems low i think the climate lockdown stuff will be a bridge too far for them between now and november what i do think is did you know have you guys noticed they don't say flu season anymore they say they say RSV, but like that encompasses flu now too, and other types of things like that. So I think there's definitely going to be a health thing where they say, oh, you know, it's got to this level now, and because nobody's been getting their flu shots and all that, I think they'll definitely try that. But there are so many tricks, and one in particular that I'm paying very close attention to is that um, what do you call it? The third, um, the third way, the third party thing, where they're trying to do with Andrew Yang and all of that stuff. Yes. So they've been trying to do that very quietly, and it kind of built a habit ahead of steam at first, and then they said, oh, no, it's not going to work, whatever. And they do the same with RFK at the same time, right? But what's clearly happening here is they intend to stand their candidates only in specific places where they know that they can message Trump down in the ballot. 
And, you know, we, we here are diehards, right? We have to accept that we're kind of ride or die people. But there are people out there who are genuine, like, Trump swing voters. And they kind of want a reason to tell their friends that, like, oh, no, I didn't, actually. I know I told you I might, but I didn't, actually. Because it's that social scene, that social circuit, and it's the public pressure campaign being leveled against them, right? And so they're going to stand third-party candidates in specific places where they feel like they can pressure people into going, well, you know, you can vote for Joe Manchin because he believes in some of the things you believe in, and then you don't have to feel all dirty about your vote. And that is one of my biggest fears because I have somebody inside that organization who kind of tells me on a day-to-day -day basis, please stop talking about it because they're listening. Okay, I'm going to change the, the run of show a little bit here. Okay. Do you guys have any questions for Oh, yeah, for let's Raheem? do some Q&A. No, or for no Natalie. One, or for me, but primarily for Raheem because I'm losing my voice. Does Think anyone have any questions? questions? And if no, I have a question for Raheem, so no pressure. But no Noah has a comment. comment. Okay, I don't know if I can reach or in these shoes. If I fall, that would be... You got it. Actually, it'd probably go viral, so you I'll take it. it. I just want to say thank you guys for all you're doing, especially when you guys got to run against the Murdoch News and all that stuff, changing the way that media landscape is. For conservatives especially, that there's no real populist voice in conservative media. So having nat like you guys, National Pulse, uh, Real America's Voice and all those guys, love it. Thank you. Although that was more directed towards him. I'm also a Pulse Plus subscriber. We got a Pulse Plus subscriber. Boom. We've got a Pulse Plus subscriber over here. We have another two Pulse Plus subscribers over here. Third Pulse Plus subscriber over here. They're all here. I'm glad I came now. That's it. That's all of them. <laughs> we have, by the way, we have 10,000 subscribers now to the National Pulse, and I want to get to 25,000 by the end of next year. So thank you for being there with us. You're gonna help us grow the team, help us grow the brand. And by the way, it's such a good point. You know, Steve actually texted me this morning because there was a piece, I think, in Semaphore talking about the influencer networks on the left. Did you see this? No, Steve only texts me other stuff. <laughs> they were talking about the influencer networks on the left. And he said, like, is the influencer thing kind of dead? What's going on with it? How does it work? So the problem is, on the left, they have all of these shadow organizations, you know, a lot of them funded by the same old people, the Soruses and the same charities and the think tanks and all of that. And they pay all these guys, but they're in firm, hard contracts, right? You must say this, you must tweet this, you know, X many times a day. If we tell you to pull something down, you've got to pull it down. Here's a contract, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas what the right does because we are more used to kind of a free market way of thinking is they 1099 all of them. They're not like contracted staffers or anything like that. So there's very little co cohesive messaging that comes out from the right. Everybody's kind of just going off in their own directions and doing things and they still get like the influencer paycheck at the end of the month. So my attitude towards it is we actually have to develop if we're going to pursue that as a, as a thing. Now I'm not on TikTok or anything like that, but plenty of people are unfortunately and so if you want to reach those people, you can't do it ad hoc. Like there has to be a centralized kind of clearinghouse for these things to, to take place. And it's ju it just, it is non-existent on our side. And the, the Democrat who was quoted in this semaphore story this morning said, oh, you know, on the ages of 18 to 25, uh, tens of thousands of people watched the uh, conservative d debates and town halls and all of that stuff on Instagram and TikTok, these guys reach 
2.53 million people every day. And that is the gulf that we have there. And I am not one of these people who is optimistic about Gen Z, unfortunately, because and, and most Gen Z people well, will tell I'm you that too. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to pull Steve. Uh, my voice is going. <laughs> because we see a lot of polling saying that younger people in, in my age demographic are you know, kind of leaning more towards Trump than Joe Biden. I know we seem to see those polls every single election and then come election day. Again, who knows if election day is an accurate reflection, but there's a disconnect between the polls and election day. And it seems like, I mean, from my experience, people are our age, my age, your age, are not really ish uh, are, are about 15 years older than you i'm sorry no <laughs> um but do, i don't believe the polls right. do you i mean it depends on the polls i mean i'm saying that younger people yeah no I, I i think that's a trap I, yeah. I i really look i think younger people have the uh, inbuilt you know f you to authority uh, i think all younger people have that's not unique to gen z um, you, you, there was a phrase uh, around the time of the JFK assassination uh, where younger people would say, don't trust anyone over 30. And, and that was kind of the me a meme of the time. And I think that's, that's, that can be just a normal thing that, that younger people do. So I think that's what they're seeing. That's what pollsters are seeing. And, and they're translating that into election, but that's not the way it goes. Um, I, I do think that Trump has a unique ability in a way that like, you know, Mitt Romney and all these uh, those other clowns who have come before him, they didn't have, which is, you know, he can go on the Nelk Boys thing and he can go to UFC and is that a thing, Nelk Boys? I don't, you know. I don't even know you what know, that and is. It, it, it's, it's, uh, right? I'm, I'm yes. a boomer at heart. I, I've never seen it, but they can do that. He can do that. And so he can cut through a little bit better. But at the same time, we shouldn't fool ourselves into thinking that Oh, because there is a certain subset of Gen Z that thinks in this way or tells pollsters like, hey, yeah, let's go Brandon or whatever it is, um, that they're necessarily going to turn out and vote that way on election day. In my experience, that is one of the silliest things we can do. It is one of the most uh, naive things we can do. Are there any audience Q&As going once, going going once. Oh, we got a question? This is so exciting. I've always wanted to throw t-shirts into a crowd, which I got to do earlier today. Can I throw you a purse into the crowd? No, it's Dior. Um. Hello, pleasure, Natalie. So I'm running for two office positions as a Republican in LA County in California. Can you just tell me what is it possibly that we can do in California to get everybody together so that we can smash the LA GOP and the CA GOP and the RNC because they they're not doing anything for us. Well, I now sort of live in LA. Um, yeah, you answer that. You're the Cali girl. Between there and D I was actually born and raised in Santa Monica, believe it or not. Um, <sighs> you got no. You got, there was. I was born and raised in Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> you usually so hear like a woo. Uh, by the way, I could. I probably. I was born and raised in London. <laughs> Raheem and I one, one summer went on like a speaking tour and yep. whenever I would speak by myself, I would always get very like obsessed when I was talking about the Chinese Communist Party and it was just like depressing, depressing, depressing. But then whenever we get together, I always feel like it's like a stand up comedy type thing, <laughs> but it's not actually funny. It just gives off like- It's because vibes. neither of us take each other seriously. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. By the way, just side note, because I don't, I don't even know. 
I don't even know where this is airing, but um, Raheem is the best boss that I ever had. Don't tell Steve. If it He's over there. We're going to tell, we're gonna I, tell him that. Somebody go tell him that. I mean that, and I'm going to loop this in to answer your question, because yeah. I, I honestly, I, I don't know, right? I'm an investigative reporter on the Chinese Communist Party, primarily, but I got involved when I was 18. I hadn't even graduated high school. And for some reason, I was a huge fan of his. And I could have, you know, spent that summer on the couch listening to his show and listening to Steve. I loved his Oxford Union speech. But instead, for some reason, I believe it was God honestly working through me, but I reached out to Raheem and I said, I want to intern for you if you'll have me. So I think the answer to your question is we need to, I think, respect and appreciate, but understand how important people like Raheem are. In other words, he took a chance on me, and I'm so blessed to have this opportunity now. But when you interact with young people, when you interact with anyone, you know, you never know, right? And and it's again, this is my life experience. I know other people try, and it doesn't always work out. But I really think that's to me what what the answer is: is it's actually getting involved, right? I didn't go to school for journalism. Probably, if I did, I I wouldn't be here because <laughs> I would have believed a bunch of different things. But I think that the most important thing is just not believing that if you don't have the credential, if you're not an expert, if you're not a candidate that, you know, the mainstream news is going to have on, it doesn't mean you're less. It actually means, I would argue, that you're better. And I think once you break out of that mindset in all things, just even mental health and personal, you know, how you be yourself, that that's when you sort of realize that you can actually, you're already, you already are winning, but you know, I don't know. Again, I don't give political advice, but I just felt the need to say that because I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Raheem. I get, thank you, by the way, for the, the kind words. Natalie, you're so popular here, by the way, that people are throwing their hotel room key cards. Oh! Right <laughs> <laughs> well, what hotel? <laughs> it says on it. Uh, a Marriott. You don't, you don't know what room, though. That's a, maybe they've written it on the back. I don't know. Um, I. I I missed the entirety of the question at the beginning of the it question. It's like how to take over the LAGOP. Well, look, uh, <laughs> firstly, look, I, I'm not a happy warrior, okay? I'm an angry warrior. And for a long time, I tried. You know, Nigel Farage, who's the, probably the best person I've ever worked for, don't tell Steve, um, he's a happy warrior. He's at the pub. He loves talking to people. He's, he's Raheem, rocking I'm on his heels. He's jumping you. up and down. Because we have 30 and seconds. Just close this door. Okay, close it quickly. Close this door. 20 seconds. 10 seconds. And, um, 24. I'm angry. And sometimes you have to bully people. So you go into that LA GOP office and you bully them every day and insult them every day and tell the world who they really are every day. And that's okay. what I do. Raheem, you people have to see stop it talking. all the time. We're going to a break. War Room, the most informal edition of Battleground, will be coming back to you in about nine minutes or so. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon 
to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views. PublicSQ.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner, and you can get started today at PublicSQ.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. EnviroClean has just announced a huge holiday sale. Let me tell you why this is important. They're predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it in the first place. That's why I got EnviroClean's here in the war room in the Breitbart Embassy. The new science in home air purification is EnviroCleanse. The reason I love it, it was approved by the Department of Defense for use on Navy combatants. And as you guys know, I used to be on a Navy combatants. Now they have a limited time holiday sale. You'll save 30%. This is a one-time good deal. So why did I choose EnviroCleanse over all the others? Because EnviroCleanse is proven to capture and destroy cold and flu viruses over other purifiers. EnviroCleanse military-grade technology wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. This is why the Navy chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. The viruses will take care. The viruses take down your family will be gone. Right now, you'll save 30% during their holiday sale. Plus, you get fast, free shipping. I'll repeat that. Free shipping. Visit 
ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com, and use the code Steve30 for 30% off. ekpure.com, Steve30 for 30% off. That's ekpure.com, code Steve30, ekpure.com. Take action. Use your agency. Make sure you get ahead of this before flu season hits. Do it today. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to War Room Battleground. It's still not Stephen K. Bannon. Maybe we need to get another intro made for when I'm hosting so you guys don't get false promises. But I have delivered two wonderful guests for you. We got Morgan McMichael from Turning Point USA and, of course, Raheem Kassam of Brexit fame, of National Pulse fame. Of Natalie Winters fame. I was going to yeah, say, Natalie of my Winters life fame, fame too. Um, now, I want to ask you, sort of picking up where I, le- I left off, talking about how I just one day woke up and decided to get involved. You obviously are a turning point. I think we're yeah. about the same age. What advice do you have for other young people who are wanting to get involved? How to actually bite the bullet and just do it? Just do it. Uh, do that. <laughs> Bite the bullet and just do it. I mean, Turning Point events are so special. I mean, we got like 13,000 attendees this year, tons of students, tons of chapters. Like, if I could say anything to the students, it's just get involved to some capacity. There's definitely a chapter. There's always somebody to talk to, and don't let cancel culture control your life. Now, I know you have a video that's going super viral that has oh, to yeah. do with, with gender ideology and all that crazy stuff. I know you go to a lot of college campuses. You yeah. do speaking tours. Raheem and I were talking before the break about the polling with the younger generations when it comes to Biden, when it comes to Trump, you know, the economy, various issues. It seems like, and I know we see this before every election, the polls suggest that younger people are going to come out in droves for Donald Trump, or at least yeah. not Joe Biden. But do we think that's actually going to happen? What's your sort of litmus test on that when you're on so campus? So remember the poll that came out that said that conserv- or boys in high school are trending conservative? I've been seeing that in person. You know, I go to a lot of high schools and colleges. I'm speaking. I see definitely the liberal crazies. But don't believe everything that you see on the Internet because, you know, you see the viral clips, but that is not necessarily the majority of what everybody believes on campuses. You know, we're facing indoctrination. We're facing a lot of the liberal ideologies in college campuses, of course. But I think... Gen Z is starting to wake up a little bit more and start to realize, you know, maybe I've been lied to my entire life and I need to actually wake up and start loving my country and not believing the hate that I keep talking about. I was talking about this with Steve on a previous show and we were saying how some of the lies that young people have been told, it's sort of the World Economic Forum mindset of you will own nothing and you will be happy. And I think people focus a lot on the first part of that saying, right? The you will own nothing. But I don't think people focus as much on the you will be happy part because I think we see that playing out in today's society. In other words, a lot of the lies that young people are sold, how they'll be happy, whether it's the hookup culture, not getting married, not yeah. having kids, doing, you know, just putting yourself first and not Indulging caring about Indulging in God. the worldly world. Exactly. Honestly. What do you think are some of those lies that young people have been sold? And do you see a similar shift when it comes to that, too? Yeah, I mean, look at even Gen Z. Hookup culture has been diminishing over the past, I want to say, five years. Because I think women are starting to wake up to the lies of feminism, okay? Because if you go back to the Raheem, feminist in your movement. Experience, yeah. Is this true? No. I'm learning. but like the feminist movement sucks and they keep lying to women and they gotta do something else like hookup culture is just not it women are being over glorified with the feminist movement being lied to in so many ways and and i think they really are starting to take a shift and move away from that and said you know women want to get married women want to have kids they want to have a family and not be in the worldly world okay i'm gonna and what's funny is 
Are you a woman? Are you a woman? Raheem is coming out as a woman. (laughs) I was going to say, we've got an auction right here. Where are your husbands and kids? Listen, Uh, we're working on that. They're working on it. We're working on it. Feels like they should be working on it. Okay, okay. What? (laughs) We're going to go back to... We have a question. We got a question? I got it, I got it, I got it. Why am I doing it? My name's Samuel Bistri. I'm the CEO and founder of Roma Boots. Came here from communist Romania with nothing. I started a company to help kids living in poverty. I have to produce those boots in China. The investment is too much to invest, to produce them here. We donate boots in 33 countries around the world. By the way, Steve Bannon can use a pair of these. I'm not a big fan of the boots that he's wearing, but I would gladly give him a pair of rain boots that I produce. What's my alternative if I cannot produce them elsewhere? Obviously, Producing them here requires a lot more money. Most of the clothes that we wear are produced in China, but we want to take down the CCP. So how do we do that? So the question is, um, I, I guess it's a U.S. manufacturing question, really. Ooh, I can um, this. And, and, you know, another terrible thing happened today with U.S. steel. I don't know if you guys saw that, but they're selling U.S. steel to the Japanese. And so rather than making any inroads on this question, actually, we're still going backwards on this question. Because quite frankly, I mean, I've tried. I mean, Natalie, you should talk about it. Because you're starting your own, I mean, what do you call it? Lifestyle brand, right? I haven't haven't totally announced it on War Room yet because I still need to get promo code War Room up and running. Um, But... I am launching in January a lifestyle clothing brand called She's So Right. You can go to she'sorite.co to sign up for for updates. I know we're going to work together on it. But um, it's actually been extremely interesting because I am now back in L.A. And part of the reason is that I've been working with factories out there that manufacture garments in downtown L.A. And then the print shops are also around there. So I've been working and looking at prices. And it is absolutely heart-wrenching to see what the, the difference is in pricing if you go made in America versus you go made in China or anywhere else. And if I weren't a values-driven, purpose-driven person with my company, I would, do, I would use China. If I hated America like half of Americans do if they're voting Democrat, I would probably use China from the get-go because you don't believe there's anything special about America in the first place, so you're not going to pay that 200 300% you know, markup. It's, it's absolutely insane in, in terms of what to do about it. I mean, I know this is probably bad advice, but I could be making a lot more money if I went and manufactured in China, but I think the point of it with the, the moment in history we're in right now it's not about making money. It's not about, that's not the ultimate goal. It's about creating companies, I think, that last, that are, are, are message-driven or purpose-driven, that have values. Because at the end of the day, I love being able to go to bed at night as a happy person, knowing that I'm doing the right thing by helping American manufacturers, supporting American jobs. And I could not do that if I knew I were boosting you know, the evil regime that is the Chinese Communist Party. So I think you have to reorient what your goal is, right? It's not about money. It, it, it's I know that's easy to say, but it's it's about the bigger picture, which I, I assume you buy into yeah. since you're here. But Look. yes, I mean I will say I feel like Americans are willing to pay more for a quality product that is made in America, designed in America, versus you know spending the money on using Chinese Communist Party really funded manufacturing. And you know a lot of brands here that you see like at this kind of conference are made in America, and there are thousands of people that are willing to support brands that are made in America because, like Natalie said, purpose-driven and values-driven brands. Look, uh, Toby Keith 
had a song called Made in America, right? And one of the lines in that song was, spend a little more for a, in the store uh, for a tag on the back that says USA, right? And so people need to obviously internalize that again. But I'm gonna challenge, you know, the, the neoliberal, um, modern conservative free market orthodoxy here for a second because that's not what it's all about right in an ideal world certainly you know you would have free markets but you know foreign countries and adversarial foreign countries provide state subsidy to their manufacturing base they provide state subsidy to knock americans out of business if government has any role it's the protection of the nation and if you read the report on the subject of manufacturers by Hamilton, he makes it very clear that without a manufacturing base, you do not have a nation. And so I don't necessarily even think that you have to have large scale government subsidy for these things. But what you do need is for these for government to get completely out of these people's way. And if that means a zero percent corporate tax rate, for these startups that are manufacturing things and investing things in the United States of America, then it must be a 0% corporate tax rate. That's how it has to be. And I'll take it a step further. I know it's always more expensive to buy made in the USA products, but I think it's important to remember, like I said, at the moment in time that we're in right now, if you don't support the alternative economy and you're left with only these big box chain stores that are probably inevitably going to buy into that whole digital identity, social credit score kind of matrix that they're bringing down the road, you are not going to have alternative options in the future, right? Right now, we are lucky that we can still say, oh, I can support a conservative-owned company. The only price I have to pay is financial is monetary because in the future if you don't support those entities who knows if they're going to still be around right when the social credit score stuff is ushered in but i'm sure i at least i hope maybe there's another question in the audience by the way yes how many people can start on toby keith and end on alexander hamilton within three <laughs> minutes by the way just saying just saying um <laughs> probably one yeah, probably well, just what? You, he's Raheem. standing over there I know. See, Stephen K. Bannon is standing in the corner while I do his job for him, but that's okay. Um, any questions? Okay, we got one. I'm going to walk over to you because I enjoy doing this. Just a, a quick addendum to what you're saying. I think critical things that we make to support American manufacturings or, you know, even the, the uh, diaper company, you know, that's, that's pro. Every life. That support every life. Thank you. Those are great products that we need to pay a little bit more money for. But there are some things that, that we can't compete with. My idea on that one is, in, besides military, computer, critical things that we, precious metals, those all need, those are zero tax subsidies, whatever, because that's our defense, that's our security. But stuff that isn't, that left my home state of Ohio, the, a lot of other people's states that were stolen, NAFTA, whatever. If we've lost those forever and can't get those back, why not make an alliance with India, okay? Why not decouple from China completely? Make an alliance with India and say, we'll, we'll, go, we'll do this together over 20 years. If we got to go green in 20 years, fine, but not now. We're going to frack, we're going to export gas, we're going to bring Indian in and screw China. Agreed. Okay, Raheem. Agreed. I was going to tee you up here, though. No, no, you go for no, it. No, no, I'm going to tee you up team here. Organized, team organized. I, I want your guys. <laughs> you. your, your, your generation is going to have to deal with this, right? Unfortunately. So decoupling from China is all well and good right now, but. The last couple of decades of um, British, European, and American politicians 
have also allowed China to run the tables on the rest of the world. So you would actually have to decouple not just from mainland China, but also a lot of the countries, continents, really, that China now uses as a launching point. I don't know how viable that seems. The Belt and Road Initiative, everything right. they're doing with that, it's sort of like turning the United States into a tributary state. We've been able to withstand and withhold from some of the pressure that our political elites obviously haven't, but these other you know, less developed countries that aren't as financially independent as we are, they are so much further past, I think, or beyond the pale when it comes to the Chinese Communist Party compromise. That's where I first started working in but i'm curious from from your perspective i know you like i said go to these college campuses these high school campuses a lot do you think the messaging on the evils of the chinese communist party not just on the human rights abuses but on how they're influencing our political systems yeah. here do you think that's cutting through or not really see i think people it's crazy because i was actually at arizona state university and they have a communist socialist club on campus and the fact that we are living in 2023 in america and there are socialist and communist clubs and on, on american college campuses is beyond me and you know they're kind of winning in a way which makes me sad which is why turning point you know we have to be there to combat against the craziness because i've met kids that read karl marx they read the communist manifesto and they're actually in favor of it and that is the one thing that scares me which is why i'm glad i get to do what i do you know if i show up to a college campus and have socialists and communists yelling at me you know maybe we can have a little bit of a debate and I'll teach you something uh, a little bit about American history and know that you know communism is indeed bad and we don't want that in American soil and it's crazy you know only in America you know could you have the privilege of being a college student and being able to be in favor of communism in a capitalist country and in a free country it's beyond me but I know I, th I think we really need to keep talking about you know the Chinese Communist Party we need to keep talking about not just you know the slave labor that's happening over there and the unfair working wages and everything that China is bad for, but also just how they've infiltrated American politics, how they've infiltrated American My culture. My favorite thing to talk about. You know, we love culture, we love <laughs> politics, but also why does China get to own farmland in America? Retweet. It's wild, and we actually just put a story up on War Room yesterday, I think I did, about how Nick Burns, our ambassador to China, sort of leaked, I think unintentionally, in a speech that he was giving for the annual celebration of an organization called QCEF, which is short for the China-United States Exchange Foundation, which is kind of the foremost Chinese influence group. They work with a lot of our American elites over here, giving them cushy jobs, probably a lot of money, uh, to push policies that are favorable towards the Chinese Communist Party. That's our own U.S. government's report on the group, not, not my words, but what's really interesting is that he admitted that the Biden regime secretly compiled an agricultural working group that was collaborating with the Chinese Communist Party on matters including farmland, food supply, and when you juxtapose that with what House Republicans or just Republican elected officials even at the state level are doing more broadly to combat Chinese Communist Party influence, particularly in the area of food security, because as you guys know, food security is national security. It shows you where our elites' mindset I was going to say, are. you were talking about food security. Talk about the World Economic Forum and how they're also infiltrating our culture and American society because, you know, that you will own nothing and be happy. And then, you know, we want to talk about crickets and how they're wanting to reduce our meat consumption. I think it was the, the EU recently. They're having a meeting where all Western nations need to reduce meat consumption, reduce farming. And it's absolutely crazy that this, the freest country of the world, is listening to the World Economic Forum and what they're putting out 2030. Uh, you know how do, we need to fix it okay i really love doing the vox populi stuff i'm gonna try to convince steve steve 
Steve, we have he's to add the Vox Populi back to he's War texting. Room. Don't he's bother him when he's texting. He's busy. He's tweet. He's gettering. <laughs> he's gettering. <laughs> Do we have any more questions from the audience? By the way, I will say this. While, while, while somebody thinks of a question. Um, <laughs> or I have to come up with the, one. The best show for, for me that we ever did was the old Breitbart News Daily radio show from 7 to 10 a.m. on Sirius XM Patriot. And the reason that was the best is it was an entirely caller-driven show. So if you guys watch The War Room on a day-to-day -day basis, you'll, you'll see Steve sometimes talking for you know, 25, 30 minutes, you know, almost nonstop. If there weren't ad breaks, and believe me, he still keeps going in the ad breaks, <laughs> but if there weren't ad breaks, you just hear him keep going, keep going, going. The amazing thing about that show was the predominant callers were uh, truck drivers, construction workers, um, stay-at-home moms, things like that. And Steve's, Steve learned most of what he knows about like ordinary people and the travails that they go through on a day-to-day -day basis from listening to that show, from listening to them on that show, right? He had the most, the, the uttermost respect for the callers of that show. And I keep trying to tell him like, there has to be a war room call-in hour. So you can just go down the line and hear from ordinary people every day. You know what? When I host, that's say, what I'm going to do from now on. Good. And I'm going to put on a different I'm accent calling. and call in every day. I'll I'm going to say, this day. is Randy <laughs> from Alabama. I hope you do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> okay. And that wonderful uh, time-filling little thing. Does anyone have any questions? <laughs> okay. Right here. We got it. Yes, sir. <laughs> You know, there are very few ways that a country really can get true wealth, okay? I mean, the CCP steals it, okay? But true wealth, it comes either they dig it out of the ground, mine it, oil, and so forth, or they manufacture it, or they take their wealth and loan it out, and, and, and that's about it because service is nothing more than passing money back and forth between people so service industry does not really create wealth it just uses it so yeah i think it's a very valid point um you know my country has been reduced we used to have a wonderful manufacturing base and my country has now been reduced to an entirely what they call service-based economy right it's just it's just passing money through the city of london it's not actually doing anything for people outside that tiny little square mile known as the city of London. I'm not talking about Greater London for those of you who have been there. The entire city, there is one particular part of it that's the financial capital of Europe, really. I mean, you ask some people, the financial capital of the world, because it's a pass-through center. But the gentleman is right. That's not how you create wealth. That doesn't create any wealth. It doesn't even create any trickle-down wealth. It is entirely owned by the corporates that pass it through and it goes straight back out the door. Such a great point. Okay, I think we're coming to the end of this, like I said, very chaotic show, but it was kind of really fun. I love this. And though. I feel like you know, this, is, this is authentic. This is authentic Natalie. This Raheem is my Okay, wait, wait, wait. I've got a question. Are you going to go you somewhere with this? Well, we have a few minutes, so you can ask me a quick question. I, I, got, I got questions for all of you, but I'm going to start right here. So think about your answer to this. I'm going to Ooh. Raheem Kassam. <laughs> Steve Bannon. You have to go first. Um, I don't think this is working. Oh, we got it. So the question is, who's going to be the vice president, right? Natalie, come on. Um, I want answers from everyone. I want it to be Tucker. 
You want oh. it to be Tucker. That's not going to happen. No, I would. Yeah, I want it to be Tucker, but I don't have a real pick yet. Okay. We'll have to see. I will say that, I, you know, I'm in agreement with Steve. I think he might have heard it from me first. Uh, he can take the credit. I think it does have to be a woman. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think intellectually, you know, if you're looking at the polls, if you're looking at where the gaps lay, I think it has to be a woman. I would go with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Ooh. How about Carrie Lake? I want it to be Tucker, but I don't think I, he's going to accept it. You want Tucker? Vivek. What's Vivek? Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany. She's not been too kind to Trump lately, though. That ain't going to happen. Working, Parker? <laughs> it's going out to the audience, maybe. We've got another Tucker. Anybody else? Tucker's in the lead. RFK Jr. RFK Jr. We've got all... Christina. Christina Nome over here. Okay, real quick, you guys. If they want to follow you, where can they go to do that? If you guys want to follow me on all social channels, at M-O-R-G-O-N-N. -N. I know my name Two is We are Two N's and an O, Morgan. That's me. One Just N. Just follow them. You don't need to follow me. Okay. Go to thenationalpulse.com. It's a great place to work. Follow Morgan. And if you want to check out and sign up for emails on my clothing brand, you can go to she'sorite.co. We'll have a lot more coming out about that in the future. Thank you so much for joining us for probably the world's most chaotic episode of War Room Battleground. But we had fun. And I'm going to tell Steve we need to bring a call-in segment back. Yes. Thank you, War Room Posse. Have a wonderful Monday evening. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.